Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Praise God for another day and for another privilege and opportunity to share with you the living word of God. Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And while the congregation is looking that up, I want to give you that are watching me by television the same opportunity that was afforded those here in the congregation earlier. And that is, in your case, the opportunity of sending your tithes, offerings, and gifts of love for the financial support of Ever Increasing Faith Television. Now, the reason they were clapping and making all that noise is not to be silly, but the Bible principle is that God loves a cheerful giver which means happy and hilarious. And we're excited about your potential partnership with us in the support of this ministry. I need your faithful financial support if ever-increasing faith television is to remain on the air in your area. I would not dare to suggest how much you should give. All I would ask you to do is to measure the value of this ministry to you and yours. If it is valuable and you think that it ought to remain on the air, if you're not already a faith partner committed to financial support of the ministry, then I would ask you to seriously pray and consider becoming a partner with us in the support of the ministry. On the screen is an address where you can mail your tithe offering or gift of love. Right now, I want to pray for you and pray with you, simply adding my faith to your faith and setting myself in agreement with you that you're going to receive the return on your giving because you will be participating in a spiritual law called sowing and reaping. And this ministry is good ground into which to sow. So you have a right to expect a harvest so that you can have more seed to live on and ultimately more seed to plant in the days to come. So would you join me? Father, we praise you and we thank you that in this covenant dispensation of grace, your word declares that you love a cheerful giver, a happy and hilarious giver. And we are indeed happy and hilarious about our privilege and opportunity to give to you through the ministry of ever-increasing faith television. We thank you also that you provided for us a great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who ever lives in the holy sanctuary of heaven to make intercession on our behalf. And dear Jesus, we're thanking you now that as our high priest, you will take the tithes, the offerings and gifts of love sent by the people for the support of this ministry before the father. And you will worship him with them on our behalf. And for that, we thank you. Now, Father, as pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center Church here locally, and as pastor of ever-increasing faith television for many thousands who are watching me now, I set myself in agreement with each and every one of them that they will receive the corresponding return on their giving and that all of their individual and family needs, along with the needs of ever-increasing faith television, are met according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. For this, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And all who agreed with that prayer said, amen. Thank you so very much for your faithful and continued financial support of the Ministry of Ever-Increasing Faith Television. You are helping to make it happen. Please be advised that this ministry was never intended to be a substitute for belonging to, going to, and being committed to a local church in your area. So seek out that church, and until such time as you found one, then by all means continue to draw from Ever-Increasing Faith Television. Okay. 
We're talking about race, religion, and racism. And last time, just that we got to the end of our message, I had moved us over into the first of the actual three, all before this had been introduction. But now we're getting ready to go into race. And uh, as I said last time, we're not talking about who gets there first. We're talking about this thing called race, you know, white race, black race, brown race, yellow race, red race. We're talking about race. We want to define that. We want to see if we can find out from the Bible point of view, what is this all about? If there is something about it, we need to know what it is. Now, I said last time, and I'll say it again, from this point on, I will be giving you uh, multitudes of references. I will be doing a lot of quoting, a lot of reading. That's why I have to have this notebook, which is a little bit different than my normal extemporaneous type of ministry. But because the facts are so pertinent to the issue at hand and because the information is so important and so controversial and people will want to disagree with it and they want to find fault with it. I want to have so much documented information that you'll have to, in the face of all of that, deny it. Are you following me? So I want to give you name of the book, author, chapter, verse, page number and copyright date so you can be checking it out not thinking i'm just dreaming up something okay because as we go further into this uh it's gonna be it's gonna be all right in the meantime we're talking about race now um the origin of man we started on this but i didn't get very far the origin of man where or what did we come from there are two primary views scientific and biblical first we'll look at the scientific i think we can sum it up this way by quoting from the encyclopedia americana international edition copyright 1979 page 420 420 from a heading entitled the origin of life on earth now the reason that i'm going through this is because it it you will be amazed at the information that we're going to look at and you will be amazed at the well i don't want to sound well how, how would i say that you, you will be amazed at the unintelligent intelligence that's going to be demonstrated in some of the things that we're going to read uh I mean, it's absolutely amazing, but you, you, you'll see it in a minute. I'll, po- I'll point it out as we go along. But there are only two views, basic views, about the origin of man. Where do we come from? How do we get here? Two basic views, scientific, biblical. You have a choice between the two. Now, <clears throat> uh, from a heading entitled The Origin of Life on Earth, quote and unquote, the article states, quote, throughout human history and during at least some of its prehistory, men has speculated about the origins of life in the section in this section we shall briefly review the previous natural hypotheses of the origin of life and then present the modern scientific viewpoint a viewpoint or theory that has made remarkable progress since the 1950s End of quote. On page 424, same book, under a heading entitled Evolution of Life, quote, Evolution of Life, end of quote, the article states, quote, 
the theory. And I gave you this last time, but I want to reemphasize it because we have new viewers, new people here. The definition of the word theory. See, notice what this article begins by saying the theory. Okay, then it's going to make a statement. So we need to understand what is theory? What is a theory? What's the definition of theory? Well, the word theory means an assumption or guess. Well, I guess this is so. Well, I assume that this is so. So, so a theory is, is an assumption or a guess, all right? Quote the article. The theory of biological and Darwinian evolution, first announced in 1859, has been abundantly confirmed by an avalanche of data. Charles Darwin and Alfred Wallace postulated uh, that all life on earth descended from a primordial cell and that life changed and proliferated due to chance mutations. Now, what threw me off there for a moment is because I had the definition. I wanted to give you the definition of postulated, and I have it right in between in the quote. So, anyway, the definition of postulated. Listen to this again. Listen to this again. Uh, it says, Charles Darwin and Alfred Wallace postulated that all life on earth descended from a primordial cell. Not cells, plural, cell. One. Okay. Now, postulated. This is, this is the, the definition of postulated. To assume or claim as true. That's a postulation. To claim or assume that something is true. So that means that it might not be true. You're just claiming that it is. I want you to keep these in mind because this is very important to, to our understanding because there are a lot of people that have uh, that, that follow scientific postulations and they need to be aware of where they're headed. Every journey has a destination. Okay? Now, I want you, I want to read this again. Quote, the theory of biological or Darwinian evolution first announced in 1859 has been abundantly confirmed by an avalanche of data. Charles Darwin and Alfred Wallace postulated that all life, say all life, all life on earth descended from a primordial cell and that life changed and proliferated due to chance, chance mutations. On page 418 in the same encyclopedia under a heading entitled Complexity and Organization. Now, you, you, you got to get this. Listen to this. You got to get this. Listen to this. Listen to this. On page 418 under a heading entitled Complexity and Organization. Quote, end of quote. The article states, quote, another striking characteristic of life also observable to human eyes 
that are in front of a thoughtful human brain is the extraordinary, say extraordinary, extraordinary degree of complexity and of organization in living creatures. A close examination of flowers, insects, or mammals shows an almost incredible, precise arrangement of parts. Kind of sounds like Psalm 139, 14. We're wondrously and fearfully made. The article goes on to say, and I quote, this arrangement, watch this now, this arrangement, now remember, we're talking about, we're talking about postulation. Where we're talking about chance mutations. Chance, chance. Come seven, come eleven, chance. It's a chance. You don't know what's going to come up. Seven, eleven, you don't know. Okay? But you got to get this because this is important about who we are. Because a lot of the things that we're going to get into later all stems from this idea. And it's amazing the things that they have come up with. But, but, but listen to this. It says, a close examination of flowers, insects, or mammals shows an almost incredible, this is the scientist now, incredible, precise arrangement of parts. The article goes on to say, quote, this arrangement appears unchanged in countless individuals of a given species. It relates structure to function. That is, the right parts almost invariably appear in the right places. The leaves of the tree are not found below ground, nor its roots up in its branches. This necessary for life organization is of a complexity simply not found in non-living systems. But it's all by chance. I mean, it just, you know, just, just ha- it's a chance. I mean, it just happened. Yet they say it's complex. And, and I want to use, I want to use their word, an almost incredible precise arraignment, but it all started with the one, one cell by chance. You can't be that stupid. It's just by chance that your eye developed so that it can see in color. That just happened. You you, you probably had black and white vision originally. But due to a chance mutation, you now are able to see in color. And then the peculiar thing about it is that then all these chances and mutations began to mutate beyond the bounds of reason. So that from my limited understanding, everybody that's born into the world all come with color vision. Don't have black and white TV eyes. You come with 
Everybody has color, but that's just a chance, just a chance mutation. It's a mutation. A chance was bad enough. Now it's a mutant. See, a lot of things we've just accepted because they told us that without ever really stopping to think and analyze it. I mean, I don't mind receiving some information if it's, if it's got a basis in logic, but just to tell me something and then we go on our whole lives thinking that this is true and then deny the real reason why and where we came from. I think that's a foolish person. I think that a wise person should challenge whatever it is that's presented to me. Give me some kind of verifiable proof of this to tell me about a chance mutation. I mean, you have a circulatory system in your body just by chance. I mean, your, blood, your heart pumps blood through the whole body day after day. Think about it. I mean, think about it. If you go back to the book of Genesis, when you think about the like Methuselah, Methuselah was supposed to have been the person that lived the longest of any other person on earth. Nine hundred and sixty nine years. And just think for nine, I can't even compute how many hours that is, Doc. Well, no, we, we, we count heartbeats by the minute, don't we? So many heartbeats per minute. Can you imagine how many heartbeats we would find in 969 years? And just think that all of that was by chance. Just think that that heart, without anybody attending to it, without a mechanic there to see to it that the spark plugs are changed, that the filters and the carburetor are cleaned out with no attendance at all for 969 years. That thing beat minute by minute without ever stopping all by chance. Just, just by chance, a mutation alien nine. Now, please believe me, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of. I'm trying to get us to seriously look at some things that we perhaps have just accepted because they said so. That's all I'm trying to get you to see, okay? I'm not, I'm not, please believe me, I'm not, I would not dare to do that. But, but, but some things, because people can be stupid, see? I mean, it can be dumb. You know that because, I mean, these, these same scientists, they tell us that if you smoke cigarettes, it could endanger your health. That there could be carcinogens in there. Could it could make you you could get cancer from it. And the very doctors that put that on or had it put on, or the government or whoever had it put on the label of the cigarette, while they holding the cigarette, reading the label, they puffing on a cigarette. Now, don't that make sense? That's what I call intelligence gone to seed. All right. Moving right along. Let's look now at the second, which is the biblical. Now, I want you to remember the terms because we got this out of the encyclopedia. Remember the terms complexity and organization, as was mentioned in the scientific view, which seemed to indicate an intelligent mind at work. Complexity would seem to indicate an intelligent mind at work. And even the scientists tell us that everything seems to be in the right place. 
I don't understand how something by chance could put things in the right place. I mean, we have men have a problem putting things in their right place with intelligence. I mean, we purposely try to put things in the right place and we mess it up. Now, how can you tell me that all of this, all of us just got here by chance mutation? Think about this. Now, here is the biblical view that the scientists, not all, we know that, but the scientific community basically does not give credence to the biblical view. But after looking at it, you tell me which one makes the most sense. Think about it. You know, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Okay. Now, I believe the Bible is the only place that confirms that there is, was, and is an intelligent mind behind all of this that we see. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, that's an awesome statement. But it's easier for me to believe that. Oh, we have some more to look at, but I can believe that easier than I can believe that my ability to see is a chance mutation. I mean, it's just easier for me to believe because that would indicate to me, like the scientist says, it indicates an intelligent force or something that put all this together. It said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that would mean everything in it. All right, look at verse 11. It says, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself is in it is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, remember the scientific view tells us that everything came from one, say one primordial cell. Think about it. So out of one cell, one cell, that wouldn't have been so bad if it had said a group of cells, but one cell, one primordial cell, birds, Dinosaurs, fish, insects, crawling insects, flying insects, swimming insects. All the animals, all the cats from pussycat to the lion, all the dogs, all the Horses, everything, all came from one primordial cell. But I hope you, I hope you just saw what it says. Go back and read verse eleven. Everybody, read verse eleven again. Now, wait, 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 wait. Read, read, read verse one. Read verse one. Everybody, read verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, stop. Now go to verse eleven. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. The earth and the earth. 
it's kind. That's the key. After it's kind. So that's that's saying that a one cell couldn't produce both a man and a dog. But that's what they're asking me to believe. Because the man and the dog are not of the same kind. Birds are not fish. They're not of the same kind. Read verse 12. Now notice, go, go to verse 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves. So everything that moves, God created. So if it's an insect, God created it. It's a bird, God created it. If it's a fish god created it if, if, if it's a mammal god created it. whatever listen whatever god created it watch this now so god created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their what kind and every winged bird according to his what kind and god saw that it was good verse 24 then god said let the earth Bring forth the living creature according to his what? Kind. Cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to his what? Kind. And so, and so was so, it was so. And it was so. Now, just use your head. Chance mutation. One primordial cell. God said everything reproduces after its kind. And you know what? That is absolutely scientifically validatable. Everything produces after its kind. Huh? I don't care how many or what kind of apple you cross with another kind of apple is still an apple. Maybe a redder apple, a yellower apple, a fatter apple, a bigger apple, a seedless apple, an apple full of seeds, but still an apple. You can crossbreed dogs. You come out with a short dog, a long dog. A dog with long ears, a dog with short ears, a pointed snouted dog, a stubby nosed dog, long legged dog, short legged dog, spotted dog, white dog, black dog, brown dog, all still dogs. Horses the same way. Could have a little Shetland pony, a small horse, big horse, draft horse, thoroughbred race horse, still a horse. And guess what? You can cross breed all humans. Black ones with white ones, with red ones, with yellow ones, with brown ones, and you still get another human. 
everything produces after its kind. You don't get animals out of men, and you don't get men out of animals. You don't get birds out of fish, and you don't get fish out of birds as such. But they want us to believe that it's all by chance. God said everything produces after its kind, and it's been doing that ever since God created it. I mean, that's the, that's the biblical view. I mean, you have a choice. Whichever one sounds the most reasonable to you, the one that seems to be able to be validated by fact, and we can, we can validate the Bible facts because science themselves has proven it, but they won't accept it that it's, that it's God. They still want to say it was a chance happening. One primordial cell, chance mutation. God said he created everything after his kind. Everything. And when he created, watch this now. And when he created man. Now, some of you will get upset with this, but don't waste my time. Write me some dumb letter, okay? If you disagree with it, just keep doing what you're doing. I'll never know, will I? So don't even write me because then that way you'll let the cat out of the bag. But when God made man, created Adam, we'll get into that. Well, let's go on to it now. <laughs> let's go to uh, verse 25. Chapter 1, verse 25. He said, and God made the beast of the earth according to its what? Kind. A cattle according to its what? Kind. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its what? kind and God saw that it was good now let's look at verse 26 and 27 then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them now we're going to get into that in a little moment but I want you to get I want you to catch this latter part of the 27th verse male and female he created them male and female he created them them is plural and male and female would be two which would qualify for plurality notice he said everything produces after its kind he said he created male and female so there's only two there's only two you either male or female frank to tell you this that your bodily parts qualify you as male or female because if they don't then there's no difference between male and female but I have personally been married to my wife for 44 years and I have seen her in the raw, in the buff. And then I have looked at me in the buff. And we don't look the same. She got some parts I don't got. 
certainly parts that are certainly not developed like she has. And I definitely have some parts that she don't have. Those parts qualify who you are. So if you have male parts, you cannot be a woman. You back, you back to the chance mutation business. <laughs> if you're otherwise. And here's, here's the bottom line. It's real easy because folk don't get upset about this. But see, all I, all I challenge you to do, all I challenge you to do that if you are a woman, if you are a woman and you have male organs and parts, then I challenge you, if you are a woman, get pregnant and have a baby. And I'll give you $12 million. That'll prove it. If you a woman, if you a female, you ought to be able to get pregnant. Talk to the hand. And if God's will, just think about it. If God's will was that there be females in male bodies and males in female bodies, and if females were ordained of God to join in holy matrimony, and males were ordained by the creator to join in holy matrimony, then God is a fool because he does not realize what he has created. He has actually created the end of the human species because two women cannot have a baby and two men cannot have a baby. And after enough time goes by, ain't going to be no more men and women. So that ought to tell you something. And if you don't have enough sense to see it, then go on with your chance mutation. I'm not the one that wrote it. God said he created everything after his kind. Now, go back to verse 26. It says, let us make man in our image. Say image. image. Now, the word image, now perk your ears up because I'm going to say something you've never heard me say. I've never said it before because I didn't know it before. So if you think you know everything I'm going to say and you've heard everything I can say, you missed it because I'm going to tell you something I've never said before in my life. Okay. The word image in the Hebrew language in which our Old Testament was originally written is the word selim, S-E-L-E-M. I may not be pronouncing it right, but I'm spelling it right. Okay? And if you ain't Hebrew, you don't know how it's pronounced either. <laughs> you just go on by what somebody told you. But I'm pronouncing, be, since I be in charge right now, I'm, I be pronouncing it selim. Okay, selim. Now, this word selim, S-E-L-E-M, 
it, it means copy or counterpart. It means copy or counterpart. Now, the question is that God says, let us make man in our image. So if God made us in his image, then the logical process of reasoning would be we need to, first of all, find out what God is. Then we'll know what we is. Because we are made in God's thilim, copy or counterpart. We are made in his image. Does that seem reasonable? So then we need to find out what God is. So turn to John's gospel chapter four. Now, some of the scriptures we're going to look at now are familiar to you, but we're going to, we'll be looking at some things that in a little different light. So don't, uh, don't make an assumption. Now in John chapter four, in the story about Jesus going through the country of Samaria and he stopped at a well, which was called Jacob's well outside a small town or city called Thychar. Now in the course of him stopping at the well, he engaged a woman who had come to the well to draw water in a conversation. They got into talking about places of worship and things like that. And in the context of it, Jesus made a very profound statement about God. Remember now, we just read it. He said that God made man in his image. Thilim, copy or counterpart. Okay, so we, we need to find out what God is. Now, in verse 24 of John chapter 4, now I'm reading from the New King James Version, which in this case, I believe they, they missed it. In the New King James, it says God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The traditional King James, King James says God is a spirit which I think is more accurate because the word a distinguishes God from other spirits and implies that there are other spirits. Okay. And so I like the traditional King James better, but anyway, Jesus is speaking. He says, God is a spirit. Now, how would Jesus know that how could jesus say that if he didn't know that so how could jesus the christ messiah how could he say that god is a spirit well he would have to have geographically speaking close proximity to God over time to be able to discern that God is not a cow. Okay. Now go to John chapter one. We're looking at the biblical view of where we came from. All right. In John chapter one verse one it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god the word and the word was god verse two he 
was in the beginning with God. So now we know from verse 1 and 2 that in verse 1 when it says in the beginning was the word, that the word, according to verse 2, is a person. Because it says he. Not it. What? He. Personal pronoun. Correct? Okay. It said in the beginning was the word. Now that word there in the Greek is L-O-G-O-S, logos. And it it means, and most all Bible scholars agree, for once they agree on something, that that L-O-G-O-S is referring to the person that we have come to know historically as Jesus the Christ, but is talking about him in eternity past before he took upon himself the flesh of the one we call Jesus the Christ. Okay? You still with me? All right, now watch this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How can you be with and be the same thing that you're with? How can you be with and be the same thing that you're with? Easy. I'm with you today and you're with me and you're human and I'm human. Big deal. Yeah, no big deal. See, I'm with you here in the building. You're with me in the building. And you're human. Well, I think you are. You, you, look, you look human. You're human and I'm human. So here's my point. If the word was with God in the beginning, then the word, which verse 2 says he was in the beginning with God, and then yet it says the word was God, and there's a double meaning there. And I, which I don't want to get into because that's not what we're really, we're really talking about. But my point is that Jesus is the same as God is. It is the same as we are. Because we're Salim or copies or counterparts of God. We're made in his image. So we're like God. Now, since, now watch it, it says in the beginning. Now, we don't know how far back in time the beginning goes. And, and actually... Actually, the word the beginning is technically incorrect because it points you to a specific beginning, the beginning. It actually should say in beginning. So that takes you back as far back as your little old mind can take you. That's just like in Genesis chapter one, verse one, we read it a few moments ago. In the, in the English Bible, it says in the beginning. Literally, that word the should not be there. It's in beginning. Because there, there is no the beginning. It's in beginning, whenever that was. Don't make any difference when it was. 27 trillion, quadruple billions of years ago. It doesn't matter. Whenever it was, Jesus was with God. Now, here's my whole point in that. Remember, we just read it in the fourth chapter. And the 24th verse, Jesus said God is a spirit. Well, I believe that God, that Jesus could authoritatively say that because we just read it. He was in the beginning with God. Whoever was with God in the beginning ought to know what God is and what God ain't. And Jesus said, God is a spirit. Now we just read it in Genesis one where God said, let us make man in our image. Now, remember what I, Ooh, this is good. Remember what I just said? 
Oh, I just remember what I just said about over there when I said, I'm with you and you're with me. So that's how I could say that you're human and I'm human. And I said, why could Jesus, how could Jesus say that of God? Because Jesus is also a spirit. And we know that because in Genesis 1:26, God said, let us plural make man in our plural image. God, God didn't say, let us make man in my image. He said, let us, plural, make man in our image. So, if we're made in the image of God, then we must be like God. We must be whatever God are we are let us make man in our image so if god is a spirit and jesus is a spirit and the holy spirit is a spirit and we are made in their image then we must be spirits not chance mutations okay let's find out what is man you're in genesis go back to genesis rather chapter two in genesis chapter two verse seven it says and the lord god formed man of the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life and man became became so before he became he must not have been or he wouldn't have to became what he already was you still here and the lord got for a man of the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being the, the the new king james says being the traditional says soul now watch this though so what he's telling us is that the part of us that we can see is made out of dust in other words made out of the ground and that's no big thing sculptures do it all the time they make statues and where did the material come from that they made the statues out of came out of the ground even if they made one, even if they make one out of iron or steel or brass or bronze, that stuff came out of the ground, didn't it? I said, didn't it? I said it came out of the ground. Didn't it? I said it came out of the ground, didn't it? Dust comes from the ground. So he said that God formed man, not out of the chance mutation, but God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and man became so when god formed man out of the dust of the ground he was not yet a man he was a shell in which the man that is made salim a copy of god is going to live inside of in this earth realm 
Okay? All right, go to the third chapter, Genesis chapter 3. Look at the 19th verse. It said, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Now we're talking about race, religion, and racism. I'm getting ready to say something now. Some of y'all going to get upset. But the truth will make you free. <laughs> Don't take this personally now, because this will hurt. I tell you, I tell you in advance, it's going to cut if you take it personally. But if I don't call your name, then I'm, you, there's nothing for you to take personally because I ain't talking about you. Unless I'm talking about you. <laughs> I don't know if y'all can handle this one. I don't know. I've been. Okay. Read the 19th verse again. Everybody read. So, man is made out of the dust of earth. So, you white folks that think you're so special, you ain't nothing but dust. See, somebody lying to you to make you think you're superior. You ain't nothing but dust. And black folk ain't nothing but dust. And red folk ain't nothing but dust. And brown folk ain't nothing but dust. And yellow folk ain't nothing but dust. Dust is dust is dust. All y'all ain't nothing but a pile of dust. And when you go into your house and your beautiful furniture look dusty, you don't stop to analyze is it white dust? or black dust and determined because it's white dust, you're going to leave it alone and let it stay there because that's superior dust. You wipe all the dust off. I didn't say God did. See, the devil, Satan, we'll get into that later. Satan put all this mess in. Well, people around there thinking there's something. You ain't nothing but dust. White dust, black dust, brown dust, red dust, yellow dust, just dust. That's what God made you out of the dust. So you ain't got nothing to crow about. You don't have no horn to toot. You ain't nothing but dust. Watch my lips. Dust! Huh? Watch this. Watch this. Dust. 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 That's all. Just dust. 
Ain't no better dust than other dust. All dust is dust, and you want to get rid of dust. Not a chance mutation. God created you. Now, when I say you now, we're talking now about the visible part that we can see, okay? Because this visible part, remember, was not anything until God breathed into it. It was a lifeless statue, a pile of dust with no life in it until God breathed the spirit into it, breathed himself into it, and quit because he was out of time. Every Stay right where you are. If this message has been a blessing to you, the announcer will tell you some very important information about how you may obtain an audio cassette of the message which you have just heard for your own spiritual enrichment and edification. Remember again that these telecasts and radio broadcasts are made possible by the continued free will offerings of, you, of the free will offerings of you, the viewers and listeners. Remember also these words from Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven: "For we walk by faith, not by sight." Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time. Keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds.